Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with your charismatic host and prominent safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Be entertained and informed as the Safety Doc discusses both best and bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. The truth will keep you safe. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. Buddy, this is David, and welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast. This is podcast number 30. And I am going to welcome our guest today, Hector Solis from Typical Daddy Podcast. Hector, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, quick shout out to Hector. Um, Hector helped me substantially with improving the audio for my show. And um, I felt I was getting pretty good content and getting emails from people saying, um, I like the show, but can you improve your audio? <laughs> and finally, um, just out of the, his kindness, uh, Hector uh, reached out to me and said, you know what? I, I, I think I have some pointers which would, would help to improve your, your audio. And certainly um, those proved very fruitful. So Hector, right off the bat, thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for allowing me to help you. Uh, some people are not very receptive to help, oh. so. I appreciate that. Uh, so tell us about you. I mean, who you are, about your family, about your interests. So uh, I'm a, obviously a father. <laughs> I'm a daddy of uh, two girls, and they're uh, three years apart. And I've been married since 2004, so 13 years. But I've known my wife since I was eight years old. So oh we grew goodness. up together. Yes, we grew up together. We were neighbors. Uh, of course, when I was a little kid, I was I was more into playing with her brother. Her brother was oh. my best friend growing up. Sure. And uh, so she told me she had always admired me from afar because <laughs> girls are more mature at that age. Right. Right. And then it wasn't until maturity kicked in and uh, we graduated high school and um, her brother had come back from the military. And so we reconnected. He had left. He left to the Marines for four years. And then when he got back, um we started hanging out and she was coming along. Of course, she was a woman by that point. Right. And so I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> I, she caught my attention. We started talking and the, you know, one thing led to another and here we are today. <laughs> wow. That, um, is, that is amazing. Um, yeah. I also have two daughters, ages six and 10. And uh, tomorrow is my 16th wedding anniversary. So, wow. Congratulations. Um, we were we were just talking about uh, when we did our honeymoon in Las Vegas. It was prior to September 11, 2001, and we mm -hmm. toured Hoover Dam, and the security was pretty lax on the tour. Sure. Like you know, one guy way up in front. We were kind of toward the back and walking past all of these different levers and switches, and and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, boy, anybody could you know kind of. <laughs> pull a few knobs here and all of a sudden Las Vegas goes goes dark or something like that. But, you know, right. it just didn't seem like anything you had to worry about. Um, but uh, but yeah, things I, are I remember, different now. I remember yeah. at on the top of the dam, we were kind of rushing across and, and they still could drive across. And I dropped my sunglasses and a semi locked up its brakes and came to a stop like right in front of him and then kind of waved to me like to go down and get him. I'm like, it's okay. You could have run him over, you know, <laughs> wow. stop your semi and destroy your load in the back. But so yeah. anyway, um, so, uh, you know, Hector, the, the, I was on the website earlier, the typical 
uh, daddy podcast, typicaldaddy.com. Yes. And I'll, I'll link that out uh, with the show. <laughs> um, so you collaborate with other dads to produce the show, um, which is, which is fascinating because I mean, just the logistics, everything that goes into that. But tell me about the, how that show came to be. Yeah. So, uh, just to finish answering the question that you originally answered, uh, asked me about my interests. So, and that kind of leads into the typical daddy, uh, website. So uh, my background is in psychology. I have a degree in psychology and I was actually studying to get my master's in psychology and uh, my emphasis was on leadership and the effects of the leader personality on the subordinate motivation. And so oh, I was getting goodness. ready. I had finished all my coursework for my master's coursework and I was getting ready to uh, do a thesis uh, so that I could graduate. And at the same time, I was working my way through my company and I was rising up the, the chain of command pretty quickly. And so an opportunity came up and they wanted to move me into management. Um, so, uh, my thesis kind of fell apart when the CEO of the company got fired. Oh, and my so my thesis was centered around the structure of our current or of the organization at the time. Okay. And I lost all access to what I was going to do. Wow. So that, that coincided with me getting the promotion to supervisor. And then of course that took up all my time. So I never got to finish my master's degree. I, I have all the completed coursework, but not not the actual degree in math in psychology. Okay. So at that point I was transitioning. Our company was moving away from paper and moving into digital. So I started training myself on uh, technology, learning about databases and systems and how systems talk to one another. So long story short, um, a few years passed and now I'm in a management position for technology. And so um, that's fulfilling to me in a certain aspect because I've always been interested in technology and coding and things like that. Sure. sure. However, I have a creative side of me as well. And uh, ever since I was younger, I've always wanted to help people. So that was the original purpose of going into psychology was to try to help people. Right. And so uh, the two things are coming together for um, in the typical daddy podcast. And so me and a buddy that I started working with, there he and I would have discussions so we became friends in about 2003 and this was before we had kids and we would talk a lot about kind of um, what we would be like as parents and things like that and so the point came where you know I had my first daughter and then he had his daughter and then we started talking about like uh, strategies about how to raise our kids Sure. And so we said, okay, well, we're smart guys. We can um, we can go and research this and figure this out, right? You know, being a first time father is very scary. And so uh, started doing research, and we started hitting upon mom blog after mom blog after oh, mom nice. blog after mom blog. I mean, the it is saturated with moms uh, putting their stories out there. But the biggest thing that we found in that was they weren't really providing information like here's bullet points like males typically do like just give me the short version right right. <laughs> right so they give us you know uh today i woke up and i made breakfast and i did this and you know like three paragraphs four paragraphs down they say okay my child had a fever this is how i handled it right yes so you kind of had to weed through how to do those things so we said okay well why don't we start writing something and see if we can put something together that would be helpful for fathers uh something that's very concise something that gets to the point and we wanted to keep it with 100 or 500 words or less. 
of course, that causes a problem. How do you adequately explain yourself right. in 500 words or less? Uh, the idea was uh, dads are busy. We, um, we have a lot to do, especially being a first-time father. You're kind of fumbling your way through learning all the things that you need to do to take care of your kid. So we wanted to keep it short so that people could read it and then move on. However, like I said, you, you're, you're not getting all the information across. At the same time, I started listening to podcasts, and there were podcasts on people doing reviews of the shows that I liked. So um, the shows that I was watching, I wanted to get more information on them, so I would hear people talk about them, and they had a different perspective watching it than I did. So at that point, I started talking to Henry. He's the father on the Typical Daddy podcast. He and I were the ones that okay. initiated this. And uh, we said, hey, why don't we enhance the blog with a podcast? Because the podcast is a, is a very unique medium in that people can take it with them and listen. And they can multitask while they're doing it. So with reading, you have to sit down, read, right? So you have to make some time to read and then process the information, things like that. With a podcast, you can listen it to listen to it over and over and over. You could take it to work. You could take it on your drive. You can do it when you're working out or exercising. So we thought this is a great way to enhance our blog by doing a podcast. And so we built the site. The site was up uh, May of last year, 2016. Okay. And then shortly after that, about a month later, we released our first episode. Excuse me, uh, first episode, and it was it was. I wrote an article called "I Don't Help with the Kids." And uh, we enhanced that with the podcast episode that says I don't help with the kids. Sure. So that's kind of how it started is to get information. The the podcast now has become the main focus because it's much easier to relate emotion and ideas and flush them out, especially bouncing them off dad to dad. The, yes. the listener, the people that are absorbing the content can get more out of it than reading a blog. So um, also we're not any by any means literary experts so we we don't have the editing skills to write something down and to make it sound elaborate and you know very uh, concise and do all those things so we said well we can talk and we can edit it and make it sound any way we need to so that's kind of the, how it started so hector how many fathers total work with you on the podcast so initially we started with um four including myself so it was me so my background is psychology. Then we have Henry. We were the originators of it. And he has an MBA in business. Okay. And then uh, we have Naresh. He's from India. Originally, he just recently, this past week, became a U.S. citizen. Um, he's got a master's degree in computer science. And then, um, so we were the three dads. And then Ed, we, we bring Ed in. He's not a father. But we kind of have Ed help us with having the lens to the outside world because everything that we do nowadays is look at everything through the lens of being a father. Yes. And so a lot of the ideas that we come up with and the discussions that we have, we look, we talk about it through that perspective. And then Ed jumps in and kind of pulls us back and gives us a little more um, uh, outsider's perspective. And so that we can kind of enhance our thinking a little bit because as you know, becoming a father, you kind of get wrapped up in that world and everything becomes about being a great father and trying to be a great husband and things like that. Right. And then now this, this past season, we just added Sergio and Sergio, he's from San Antonio, but he's now living in New York. And, uh, our latest episode that just dropped on Monday was a story of him 
having his twins. And so we released an episode of taking him through the time that his wife's water broke and all the way up until the time that the delivery happened and um, his kids were born eight weeks early. So there was, there was some, there was some drama related to that. So it's a short story. It's our first attempt at a story in our podcast. Everything else has been more discussion. So, um, yeah, I encourage you to check it out. It's an interesting, I will. I I, I found out that as I was narrating his story, I found myself back into that moment where I was going to have my first baby and all the anxiety and nervousness and worry for the safety of my wife and for the safety of my child and for, Oh crap, I'm not ready for this. (laughs) I, I remember, um, being at the, the hospital and when my wife went into labor and frantically on the cell phone, trying to dial my parents and my wife's mother and, and other people, you know, that we wanted there and, and was able to get through to some and not through to others and say, you know, you got to get here and they don't live close by. Um, and, and I remember, um, my, my oldest, well, you know, my, my first child when they handed me, uh, her, and I never really thought of a boy or a girl, um, but having a girl, uh, it, there were, there's a lot of things like I've done. I've, I've never thought I would ever do like be the dance dad. My girls are into dance. So, you sure, know, going yeah. and sitting in, in dance lessons and, and watching them and, and watching them practice dance, um, in the, uh, in, in, in our living room and, and then, you know, they're putting on their little performances. And, but I remember when my daughter was handed to me, I just broke down in tears and, and I didn't expect that. It was, I was just so overwhelmed. And, and my dad said, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, it's a beautiful (laughs) (laughs) young, it's a, my daughter, I, I can't believe it. And, and, uh, and, that was it was just a, a an incredible moment and um and it's yeah, surreal they, they've been you know of course you know ups and downs with dads mm-hmm. um yep but uh, I, I remember one time i came home and my wife said um okay you know t- tell tell dad what you did today and and uh my my daughter who was probably like four at the time said i peed in my bottom drawer uh, <laughs> and I said, why that's impressive <laughs> and uh, I said, no, 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 we don't do that. And, and my, one of my other daughters uh, carved, um, when she was about five, carved a heart on her dresser. Oh, and, yeah. And I came in and and I had to say, yeah, we, we don't carve on our dressers. And afterwards, <laughs> I thought, boy, that is the cutest thing. And I I took a picture of it mm-hmm. and thought, um, you know, years from now, um, you know, hopefully this piece of furniture, you know, will maybe travel with her and her family and, and, and there'll be that little memory with it. Um, yes, it's very hard to so. <laughs> see those cute things and, and know that I need to teach them at this moment. This yeah. is not the correct thing to do, but geez, this is so cute right. and adorable. And, you know, you want to say, oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, but yeah. you have to keep the straight face and you have to be the father. Right. Right. So this <laughs> is hard. Not- not how we we treat our furniture, so you know I don't yes. want to see this again. And then as soon as she's out of the room, I'm taking a picture of it and sending <laughs> right. it to my parents. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, so so um, 
Hector, uh, help me to, I guess, understand the the purpose of typical daddy podcast. And before we get into that a little bit, um, you know, once I had, you know, we had our daughter and then daughters, I found myself kind of in in that in conjunction with work, but I really disconnected from my dad friends. I mean, we, we, we just, we lived in different areas, life became busy. And it wasn't really until um, listening to um, some of your episodes that I was doing more reflecting of saying, I, you know, I, I just do not have, and, and I think it's very common. I, I think it's very yes. common. I, I just don't have that network of dads anymore just to even talk of what we're talking about right now. Um, which to me, your, your podcast is introducing this conduit to connect dads. Um, and, and just even, for a dad to listen and to relate to something that you say and, and remember that moment, um, just as you're saying, you know, with one of the dads from the moment of, of, you know, going to the hospital until the birth. Um, but what, so when you thought about developing this podcast and what it is today, are those the same things or did it take this totally different route and bring you to a different spot? The the initial one, the very first episode we did, which is what the it was the enhancement to the I don't help with the kids. And by the way, if any ladies are listening, the idea by I don't help with the kids is I don't want to be known as a father or we don't want to be known as fathers where we're helping the mother. We want to be participants in our kids lives. So uh, it's not a I'm helping, but I'm participating in our kids lives. And so when we did the podcast, it was going to be like I mentioned the enhancing of the blogs and to give people a little bit more background and to hear our voices and to connect with that. Cause a lot of times you're reading and you have your own voice in your head and your own thoughts and you bring your own experiences when you're interpreting that. But really we wanted to have the guys go out there and listen to us talk about it and, and have those discussions. So Henry, he, the co-creator of this, he did all the, the editing and producing of season one. So if you look at the episodes in season one, they're very lighthearted. He's a very lighthearted kind of guy. Okay. Um, and uh, so he always looks at the fun things in life. He's got the lens of, of trying to make uh, good things out of bad situations. And so we, we talk about discussions about, you know, paranormal things that have happened to us when we were kids um, all the way to uh, discussing some current events about what was happening in the Olympics. And so those things are very lighthearted. They're not, they're not uh, very focused on helping dads do anything other than come here for a few moments, hang out with the guys, listen to us talk about what, what we're, we're experiencing and what we've done in the past. And hopefully it'll help uh, remind you of some of the things that have happened in your past. Right. Right. And so that was very much the feel of season one. Season two, as we were making our preparations for season two, I told Henry, "Can I can I give it a shot at season two? Let me let me produce it. Let me oh, wow. let me uh, edit it." And I had to learn it all right at that point. And so I said, "Okay, so I want it to be coming from the psychology background. Season two is for people. Out of every episode, what?" What message do we want to send? What can people take out or what can dads and even moms 
what can they take out of this? So I created a structure with segments and each segment had a purpose. And we tried, I tried to, if you listen to the episodes, I'm the one kind of moderating the discussion. Okay. Um, and so I'm trying to guide them and keep them in. And every now and then I'll throw in something a little more deep thinking and meaningful so I can elicit that from the guys. And so the topics that we're talking about in season two, we're talking about uh, some of the issues that are arising with sex, uh, teachers having sex with the students. So more and more we're hearing about those things happening. And so we were focusing more from the guy point of view. So there were some lighthearted moments in there, but some serious moments in there. Right. And then uh, we also talked away uh, all the way to we talked about having um, discussions about suicide and what that means for our kids growing up and living in this in this world. So the range of discussions are a lot more serious. We have episodes on social media um, and how the kids are being impacted by that today. Uh, we had two authors that we interviewed. So we talked to Nancy Jo Sales, and she her yes. book was American Girls. I appreciate and, that uh, uh, that episode. I listened um, start to to finish. It was yes. it was excellent. Yes, that 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 was actually not planned at all. It wow. came out of season two. Uh, I mean, sorry, episode two. So on episode two, it was initially supposed to be four segments. The first two segments were. Hey, let's do some research on social media. You know, it's it's kind of exploding now. And how how are the kids using it? Let's find out how are kids using it. Give some parents some information on that. Because as fathers, we weren't very engaged in Twitter and Facebook because we don't we don't have time for that, right? We're busy getting everything done and going through the day to day tasks, right? Um, you know, so uh, at least for us. And so we said, well, let's do some research to see how kids are using it. So first two episodes or first ep- first segment in in season two, episode two, it was what is our initial reaction? What do we think social media is and how kids are using it? The second segment was going to be, OK, what did we find in our research? How are they using it? What's going on? Are they abusing it? Are they not? Then the third segment was going to be about uh, cyberbullying and how social media is being used to cyberbully. And then the fourth segment was going to be how that cyberbullying kind of led to some suicide and talk about our feelings about that. Yes. When we started talking about that, it really grew into probably three, four episodes. And so we stopped during our research into social media and we had a quick discussion and we're like, okay, this is way worse than we thought it was, was as far as how out of touch parents our age today and uh, how we are in yeah. social media and how kids are using it and how fast it's changing and how that really impacts cyberbullying. It's a major, major problem. And and then also the suicide. Now, the, I mean, it seems like almost every month you hear some teenager commit, committing suicide because right. of some sort of bullying incident or cyber cyberbullying incident. And with kids that are now getting into the middle school age and getting and eventually into the high school age, I felt as a father, and I'm sure the other guys did too, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. I don't know what that world looks like. Ten years from uh, ten years ago, 20 years ago, when I grew up, though I understood that world. This world is completely out of out yes. of my strike zone. yes, and so so we we said, okay, one on social media and the dangers and our per- parents prepared, and why we know for sure that you're not really prepared for it. And so we tried to do research around that. We spent many hours, each of us doing that. And then uh, during that research, Henry found the book 
from Nancy Joe Sells. And he said, hey, let me reach out to her. Let's see if she'll come on. Thankfully, she did. And we had the discussion about that. And then uh, that was episode uh, three. And then episode four was about cyberbullying. And we said, you know, this is a real hard topic to talk about. It makes us feel bad. I mean, I, I felt really depressed, not okay. clinically depressed, but okay. depressed as in didn't have the energy, didn't have the motivation to keep working on the episode as I was I was doing the episode because it's it's a tough subject to think about, especially when you're coming from a father's perspective and thinking my daughter is getting ready to go into the ages where this is a real crisis and how am I going to be um, available to her and prepare her for that world when I have never experienced that world. Right. Right. right? And so um, for a while there, I got pretty sad. And so, uh, you know, in, in that moment of sadness, you know, Henry, the lighthearted guy, he said, hey, there's this great book on poop. Uh, and I'm like, poop? <laughs> Guys like to talk about poop. We just right. do. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, farting and pooping. Right now. So, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> that's right. So we said, hey, let's 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 interview this author and let's talk about potty training. And so uh, we asked if she would come on. She graciously graciously said yes. And we had a blast. It was one of the most fun things that we've ever done. And so that's why we did it as episode five, right after the cyberbullying, to kind of alleviate some of that heaviness that we were experiencing right. in the three episodes. And so um, and so now we've kind of leveled off and we're going to be closing the first part of our our second season uh, here with three episodes on the 13 reasons why, and we're going to be discussing that from the lens of the father. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the long way around it, but <laughs> yeah, that's that. And, and so we don't really know what our podcast is yet uh, because we have some of Henry's flavor in, okay. in season one. And then okay. you've got mine, which is the other extreme, which is very serious issues, things sure. that I think should be discussed because I'm coming more from the psychology perspective. And so I think um, as we go through um, these seasons, we're adjusting that. So you'll find some lighthearted episodes and you'll find some more serious episodes uh, coming from our perspectives. Oops, sorry. Coming from our perspectives. And you indicated to me that in addition to dads, uh, you've been contacted by mothers who have said, I appreciate your show because it's providing me a perspective and an insight into um, my, my husband and, and what it's like to be a dad that, that I didn't have. So tell me about that. Yeah. So we've had a few people reach out to us and some of the people that are around us that are becoming aware that we're doing a podcast. And, and so one of the things that surprised us, I think is we, we get more interaction from, excuse me, from females saying that, um, I listen to you guys because I want to see how my husband is thinking. And um, get a perspective on the male brain, so to speak, and how we address these topics. And so a lot of times I'm having a discussion about cyberbullying or suicide for, with my wife. And listening to her perspective is, is almost it's coming from a different lens, obviously. And it's coming from her experiences as a female uh, addressing those issues. So I noticed that our perspective is is slightly different and also I don't know if it's it's more analytical, I guess. Um, as guys, we have a hard time expressing ourselves. So it's helpful for the females to see that, you know, we're struggling through some of these things, some of these topics that we're talking about, and that they are important issues to us, even though we don't always express it. 
So how do you take that information and I guess put it into practice where is it then a discussion you're having with your child? Um, I guess, um, you know, what, what comes, what comes out of that? So, so you're having the discussion, which is validating for the fathers and, and, and mothers listening to this that, oh, there are other people who share the same feelings I do. Is this, my, my child is entering this, this sea of social media, which is, you know, the waves are choppy and all over, and I have no idea what's happening on top of the surface and under the surface. Yeah. I guess what were some of the practical things you felt this is how I'm going to approach this with my child. Or maybe some of the other dads said, I'm going to have a, just talk with my child about social media and, and what it means to them. And or, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, and I don't, I don't know this. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we had the same, we have the same reactions, right? It's like, okay, I have all this information now. How do I use it? How do I use it to help me become a better father? And if you listen to some of the the podcasts on the on the I call them the social media series, which is episodes two, three, and four, and that's the social media, the Nancy Joe sales, and the cyberbullying. So for me, from my perspective, what I got out of that is I need to be more engaged with my daughters in the moment. Not necessarily spend more time with them, but make the time that I do spend with them valuable. Make it count. Right. And so one of the strategies that I came up with and I mentioned it in the podcast was it's quality over quantity of the time. And even if it's, if I'm spending five minutes with my daughter, I need to be cognizant of being in the moment with her, observing her behaviors, her, um, her nonverbal cues, as well as her verbal cues so that I can get an understanding, a very deep understanding of her personality and her behaviors. Because when the time comes in middle school or high school and they start to have those issues that are affecting them social, sociologically, I can see the micro behaviors and right. pick up that something's wrong, right? right. And so uh, the other thing, the, the strategy that I wanted to do was, well, we have two kids and, of course, it's me and my wife. And so a lot of times we go out as a family. And when you're out as a family – you're all over the place. Sometimes you're talking to one daughter and you're jumping to the other, then you're jumping to the wife and vice versa, right? It's, it's, it's very chaotic. If you just kind of break down the, the social interaction that happens with a family, it's very, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, ADD, right? Your okay. little talk here and somebody's <laughs> sure. asking over here and then you're, sure. you're, you're jumping over there and you're talking, right? So that's, it's, even though you're spending time with them, it's not for the specific daughter that needs that quality time. It's not quality of time. So what I talked to my wife about was every other weekend or once a month, we're going to alternate taking our daughters. She would take one daughter. I would take another daughter. And I'm going to spend six to eight hours just with the one daughter to focus in, to understand, leave the phone behind. Of course, obviously, you need it for communication, but don't check email. Don't check work. Don't do any of that stuff. Sit down and ask tough questions of my daughter so that she gets used to me asking those questions. And if I make it a regularly scheduled thing, when the time comes in their high school years or their middle school years, and I say, hey, it's time for us to go do our daddy daddy day, right? Right. They're, they're not going to see that as something out of the ordinary. They're going to be used to it. And hopefully over the time, I've established that trust and relationship with them so that it's a comfortable experience for them versus 
me not being engaged in that way. And then all of a sudden I notice something's wrong with her. And then I say, hey, why don't we go have a meal together? She's going to think, well, that's weird. Why now do you want to go talk to me? Because I'm sure. in trouble. Sure. And she's not yeah. going to open up. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of lowering the defenses over time instead of trying to get in and try to figure out uh, at, when she's in trouble. So I want to be there in the good times and in the bad times. And hopefully my hope is that over time I've established um, a relationship with my daughter and, you know, you set up some rules and say that anything you discuss here, you will not be penalized for. Of course, if it's something illegal, then obviously you have to. But, right. you know, you set up that trust and say, look, this is between us. We talk about things. We And I talk about very deep things with her, like, you know, are you being bullied at school? Things like that. Not just the fun things, but talk about the serious right. things. Because I don't right. want those things to be su- a surprise when she gets older and I start asking probing questions. It's going to feel uncomfortable to her because she's not used to it. My my um, oldest daughter had indicated uh, there was a student at school uh, who was exhibiting some bullying type behavior, um, not necessarily directed at her, but she was seated proximal to the student and um, was was feeling you know apprehensive about that. Shared that with with my my wife and with I and 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 uh, and we talked to her about it and said, you know, um, we, what you're telling us, if either of us was in this position, we would feel the same way as you. Mm -hmm. And actually that's something I've learned as a uh, critical instant debriefer, um, for the County Sheriff's department in the training I've gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it, it resonated with her. And, and I said, you know, we're, we're going to contact, uh, the teacher and the principal and, and just to make them aware of this. And we don't want you to feel uneasy about it. And like, I can be there if you want. Um, mm-hmm. And, but, you know, we are going to make this contact and, and, and express this because we want you to, to not feel um, unsafe at school. So we did right. make the contact and, and it was over the, you know, the, the weekend, the teacher did respond and say, it, mm-hmm. you know, said would address it. And we did also meet with the, um, or, or had email communication with the principal and felt, you know, that the matter had been resolved. But, uh, yes, it, it, there's a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of a strange positionality because my daughter's like, well, you're, you have a PhD and you're the safety doc and it, it, you know, you testify in legal cases and things. Like that. <laughs> right. I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying right. to use that as, as any type of leverage or anything, but, but, um, but what you're saying, um, you know, I, I want your teachers to be aware of, and I want the situation changed because you love school and, um, this is bringing, you know, tension to you yes. and, and we can sense that and we want to make it better for you. And, um, and, and she, she did, she handled that well. It wasn't anything like, no, you know, please don't, <laughs> please right. don't go to school. And, um, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, it was a good experience. Um, and I'm glad yeah. that my wife and I worked together, um, yes. having that discussion and then, um, you know, making, making that contact and, and then leaving it really, um, not accusatory of the school at all of just saying, you know, we want you to be aware of this is what, you know, our daughter is saying. And, um, w- this this is a situation we'd like you know you to look into and and to resolve it and get back to us. 
Um, I think it's very important for us as parents. You approached it that way, a very uh, logical, you know, sound way of doing it. Uh, Some parents are very reactionary and they'll go and it, it actually embarrasses the kid right? Based on how the parents reacting and they get real aggressive with the school and, you know, they want information. And then now the kid becomes a target because, well, now you're a tattletale and that, that gives them a reason to not trust you the next time that something's going to happen to, to handle it appropriately. And so I think coming up with a solution with your daughter is the perfect way because it's a, it's a joint solution, right? Not just coming from a dad or a mom in their perspective, but they're, they're being part of the solution and not just contributing to the problem. Yeah. I, you know, for, for some reason, you know, we, we had the collective, I, I guess, knowledge to, to, I think, uh, approach that in a way that was uh, made the school feel comfortable. And, um, but it, it was one of those things where also, um, you know, we were very, clear, I mean, between my wife and I, that if we didn't have a resolution, you know, that we would, would bring it to the next level of, of yes. asking to meet with the superintendent. And, um, in my experiences with schools, you know, once, once you bring an awareness, you know, to the teacher or administrator, you know, that there is there, they definitely want to make school a safe, um, learning environment for all students, but it's, it's I, I do a lot, Hector, um, with input systems, and I've, mm-hmm. I work as a senior consultant um, with Sprigio, mm-hmm. which is a company that has bowling reporting. But I've also um, done um, some things with ISS 24-7, and they work with about half of the NFL arenas. And so if someone is having um, experience at a game where you know someone is out of control, drunk next to them and whatever, you know they can text yes. the number and... And so we've worked on user interfaces of how to make people feel comfortable and how to remove those barriers and actually get them as visual um, and simple as can be. Mm-hmm. So in encouraging teaching how to, to use those, I, I, I'm going to share an experience. Uh, you earlier said you hadn't been the victim of bullying, and mm-hmm. I was the victim of bullying, of cyberbullying. Um, oh, wow. when I was a school administrator. Um, I had a, a situation um, with a student that that um, did not make a cut for a a show choir. Okay. And along with, you know, so like 30 students would make it, and, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, and this student wasn't amongst the 30 that made it, and the parents rallied a lawyer and advocates and this, this, this kind of large group um, to – contest this and and we did have four judges that were trained and we did have alternatives that students could participate in where mm-hmm. there there was not a cut um but all of a sudden on social media the the parents started to go <laughs> go after me of wow. you know, I was this evil person and I had you know and, and granted some of that's going to happen sure but I I was looking through the post and I was reading a paragraph that was written of this person needs to be removed from their position and all of that. And I got to the end and it was one of my best friends that wrote it. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and yeah. I got, I got a hold of him and I said, did you make a post about, he's like, yeah, there's something going on with i I'm like, that's me. Wow. You didn't even wow. know that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll go in and erase it. And 
And wow. it was one of those things where it too is is this tendency um for the snowball of filing on. And, yep. Um you know, even with a, even with adults to get on board without being fully informed. And I'll never forget that reading this, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So yeah, it is Carl. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, got a hold of Carl and and uh and that that was the <laughs> it he didn't is, even realize, huh? No, he he didn't. I mean, Crazy. he was he was reading the the other post that had been made, which was painting out this p- person who was closed minded and all of that. And what nobody saw that I never posted was I actually went to the parents' place of employment mm-hmm. um, and met with them. You know, offered to you know and sat down and, and kind of explained things and met at their house and showed them the other things and said, um, you know, I tried tried to be as as reasonable as i could in the situation but um, sure but it, it was it was a very awkward feeling to be in especially when one of your friends you know jumps in and and we hear about these things where something can go viral mm-hmm. and especially for kids i mean if kids make and when i say kids you know youth you know middle mm-hmm. school yes um you know they make a they make a post or somebody makes a post about them uh, and, and it starts to go viral. It is that, that it can be that very, um, visceral reaction of, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know how I'm going to face my classmates where you and I, we could, we could handle that. Yes. You know, probably we'd, we'd rationalize through that. Yep. But when you're a seventh grader, um, it can, it can literally push you to the point because you know you don't have the developed frontal lobe thinking of being you know like my options might include suicide yes and um you indicated that i i serve as an expert witness across the country and and the cases i largely work with are youth suicide Mm -hmm. um specific to systems where there's been a disconnect in reporting and, and follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm involved in a case right now. And that's, I mean, that's all I'll say, but I was mm-hmm. contacted to, to with, to be retained on another case in another state and which I turned down. Um, and it's, it's also an awareness of you, you mentioned it and you articulated it really well, Hector of mm-hmm. talking with your daughter Mm-hmm. And and ha- being able to have those discussions because what happens is these things like surveys and stuff like that to try to find out what's happening with kids, they don't work. If you have nope. a focus group, kids will tell you. And I remember working with a middle school um, about two years ago, a rural middle school, mm-hmm. and they were wanting to kind of get to to the heart of what they call the Facebook fallacy or kids just coming in and breaking down because uh, you know, s- something was, was negatively posted about them on Facebook or that they perceived was, was negative or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't until then, even that the, the teachers were aware of what Tinder was. It was, mm. they, they told me it was the first time they learned about Tinder. And so some kid pulled out the phone and said, well, this is the Tinder app. And, and all of a sudden it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like this right. actually exists. And there's mm-hmm. other, there's kids on here. And so it was one of those things. But at the same time, the kids felt comfortable enough because it was one of those things of, okay, we're having this forum. Be open. Tell us what's going on. And they did. 
and then the yep. staff came back and the kids um, felt that they had a voice, that they had been heard. They worked on, um, you know, things like uh, safe kind of breaks, vacations from social media, mm-hmm. what's, what's appropriate and things like that. Um, I, I, I'm going to move us along a little bit. You, you had sure. mentioned, um, Hector, the importance of scheduling family time in like that, mm-hmm. that Thursday nights, you know, that's your, your podcasting time. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about how you go about doing that and not only like setting it up, but how do you maintain it? Yes. So the idea then is uh, there's a few principles that you need to kind of put your mindset into. So that way, when you deviate from what you're, what you're trying to do, you, it's, uh, you, you become aware of that. So one of them is discipline. I mean, it's hard to do, but you have to be disciplined. So for me, the things in order are family first, then work because I need to support my family. And then anything else that I'm going to be doing outside of that, that has to be on my own time, not taken away from the family time. So uh, for me, uh, Thursdays, we kind of, well, I have to coordinate or we have to coordinate a multiple dads. So we have multiple schedules that we're trying to coordinate. So we just found that Thursday nights at that time or at eight o'clock is the time where most of us can get to that at a reasonable time and we can have the time to focus on doing the podcasting. And so for me, my schedule uh, in episode seven, the busy dads, I wasn't on that episode because the other, I had to do some editing and there were some scheduling conflicts, but uh, my perspective on that was I have to sacrifice something. There's always a sacrifice you have to do when you're going to do something on top of what your regular work day is and your family time. So for me, the decision was pretty easy. It's sleep. So I get about four to five hours of sleep a night, uh, 40 hours of work during the day. And then the rest of that time is uh, family time. And then I have probably from about eight to about midnight, one o'clock is my time to do research and uh, to do podcasting, um, to spend a little more time with my wife. And so uh, my schedule is I get up at six, get the kids ready, go to school, come back from from five to seven thirty, eight o'clock is just their time. Let's get them ready. Let's get them started. Let's kind of download for the day. Uh, I do something with my daughters where, you know, I tuck them in, but I spend a few minutes with them just in quiet, in silence, uh, just being there and listening to them. And, uh, you know, there's so much connection that can happen just by holding their hand when they're asleep. You know, it's those quality moments that I'm trying to extract at right. the end of the day. And so um, it also gives them a sense of security that I'm there, that I'm engaged with them, that, you know, at that moment, nothing's more important than me being there with you. So I wanted to convey that message. So that's what I do. And so they typically go to bed between 730 and eight o'clock. And once they're down and they're ready to go to sleep, that's when my time starts. The The next job, which is the podcasting starts. Uh, so we record on Thursdays, but Throughout the week, um, any time that I don't have scheduled with my wife, as far as spending time with her and doing the things that we need to do, even if it's just, hey, we're going to watch a, our favorite TV show together, we sit down for a few hours. And, right. um, you know, sometimes I get a little anxious, anxious because, you know, I'm, it's 10, 1030 and then she's ready to go to bed. And now I've got to, you know, prepare for the podcast and do the work and things right. like that. 
So as you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. I don't know if people realize when they're, when they're listening to a podcast, you know, that there's a lot of prep work that goes into it. There's during the recording, you have to record it and then you have to edit it and prepare it for release. And so that's that's a lot of time as well. Yeah, I I started podcasting in October. So this is episode 30 and I've managed every week to do wow, one, that's one amazing. hour um, episode. And, and some of them, and I also teach six college classes a year in addition to my job. And I've done that for like 15 years and graduate wow. courses and like people services, non-discrimination and, and plus some other things. And uh, yeah. just, but I, that's just always been me. I've always, I've always done things like that. And, and uh, we actually had, um, we, yes, last night I was, and I run every night. And mm-hmm. I started to run, um, I weighed about 50, 60 pounds heavier. I did a presentation on PBS uh, TV after Sandy Hook. I approached mm-hmm. PBS and I said, I think I can do a presentation about school safety that would be unlike anything you've had, completely empirically based, no rhetoric, um, did a proposal, they liked it. And I, th- it was like 37 pages of citations for my presentation I had with me in the NRA had lobbyists in the audience, you know, it's this live show because they, you know, they don't know where you're going to go with this and you're reaching I'm broadcast eight times across the country in Canada and, and, uh, and I got a kick out of it. I mean, because, um, but, but I, but I wanted it to be, you know, very, very much accurate to what the statistics were. Like one of the things I shared was, you know, there were numerous listening sessions about school safety and over 77,000 people across all of the States had input mm. to these sessions. Nobody knew about it. So I brought wow. that up in some other things and, and, you know, stuff that, that was less known. Sure. Um, and, you know, I remember watching that, 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 sh- that show, um, and it, it was it was amazing to go through that process, you know, to be on TV of, you know, here's where you stand and don't look back at the the camera and we'll feed you thing through the the headphones and whatever yeah. or your your bud. But um and they they it was live and they, you can show it live, but then they have to idle it and then they have to close caption it and right. put it before review board and then they rated it G and then it got out to the whole country. Um yeah. but I remember I was done with it and an elderly lady in the front row came up and gave me this big hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just said, you know, my grandkids go to school and I was just so worried. And, and you've just did such a nice job of sharing information. And basically, um, you know, I said, you, you know, here, here's, you know, what school safety looks like. It's interesting because in four years, it was May 22nd, 2013, over mm-hmm. four years ago, a lot has changed. I would give a different presentation since then and not necessarily like that things are worse. It's just, it's different than it was than when I gave it four years ago. And I worked sure. with one of the, the mothers um, who lost a daughter at Sandy Hook also. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, w- but when I watched this video, I'm like, oh my goodness, like I didn't look well. And, mm. and part of it was like, I needed to lose weight. So I lost weight. I, I was working full time on my dissertation, but you talk about being a dad. Yep. I took my daughter who was second grade at the time and I walked her to school and from school. So held her hand. She'd give yep. me your backpack. Your dad take the backpack and, you yes. know, whatever it was, the, the Dory or whatever, you know, uh, Dora, Dora, <laughs> Dora the Explorer, I guess. Yes. And, yes. Uh, 
and and I'd walk her and 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 I got to know the other parents who would who would wait and they'd pick their kids up and pretty soon we just started talking and yeah. that was some of the most incredible discussion, you know, of of things. Um and then my daughter coming out in that big smile and and I could quickly get, you know, we only lived a few blocks from school, but what happened today? Tell me about today. Well, my friend did this and we did this. And when we get home, you know, and we'd open up the backpack and pull out and I scanned in her artwork and I would send it to grandma and grandpa. And of course we put yes. it up on the fridge. And, and actually I just did that the, over the weekend. I, I took both of the, they're very good with art. And I took, um, I said, what are some things that, that you want me to scan to like the relatives and stuff like that. And they gave me some yeah. different things and I scanned it out and I said, this stuff's awesome. And, you know, I'm going to send it out. And, uh, so yeah, we, we really had a blast. Um, we, we had a blast with that. So I, in our, in our final minutes, um, Hector. So yeah, in my, my podcasting <laughs> and, and I am so thankful to you because, um, you know, like I have, I have the, the photos to prove like the the completely obscure way that I was doing <laughs> interviews. Yeah. I had I had a tower of notepads, like twenty-five notepads with an external speaker hooked up, and I would do a phone interview with retired LAPD detective and and try mm-hmm. to put this together. And I didn't I, I mean I was I was doing my my best, but um I I I really didn't uh know where to go i mean and you you yes. helped me tremendously and actually if, if the whole podcast community and this is what i want to kind of close with sure um i would contact people who might you know that they had they had shows where they had three four hundred episodes mm-hmm. and i would say i'm new into this like what do you suggest for a microphone boom you know like within the day mm-hmm. i suggest yeah. hey yeah, it's great that you're getting into this. Here's what I suggest. Any questions? Let me know. Here's something else. Uh, by the way, like here's kind of a format I use. Um, here's some people. If you want, I can um, give you their name and, and they're open to some interviews. And I was like, wow. And I have experienced, um, uh, it's just this, this family type atmosphere amongst podcasters and I'm so, um, I'm so impressed by that. And, and also I've started to share with people. I said, it's almost like this is starting to balance out the social media, the Facebook, the Instagram, the other stuff that's out there. And I'm not sure kids are so much into podcasting, although I, I've never really looked at if kids are creating pod. Actually, I, I, I have seen, um, a couple kids who are, who have done podcasts about like, um, what it's like to have a disability and they do have a pretty good following. They put it together pretty well. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're having, we're at this period in time where this kind of awesomeness is happening with the community. This is a great thing because you're planning. This is material I want to listen to. I don't, I do not listen to, to the mainstream media. I have no interest in turning on the TV and listening to 30 commercials of things I'm not going to buy. Right. I don't listen on the way to work. I only listen to podcasts. On the weekend, I download the typical daddy. There's a number of others, about 10, 12 hours of podcast, and mm-hmm. I listen to those every week. And I tell people, I feel like it's a post-doctorate degree. I feel yes. like I'm learning. I feel like I'm connecting, and I can reach out, and I can message these people, and they get back to me. 
And even the people who are contacting me of saying, um, you know, what you had in this episode really resonated with me and thank you. And, you know, would you maybe include something like this? Or someone asked me for something I mentioned that was a resource. And I'm like, yeah, get me an email address. I'll be glad to like, it was a document, be glad to send it. And I sent it out. And um, so is that, is that your feeling? And, and also, is this a feeling because this is new and is this going to change or what do you think? Yeah. So I, I too get the same feeling. Uh, when we first launched our podcast last year, we weren't into social media. We weren't doing that much. We weren't promoting the show much. Uh, so we had maybe a couple hundred downloads across the eight episodes that we did in season one. And so in May, in March of this year, I decided, well, you know what? We had a typical daddy Twitter account. I said, I'm going to create a typical daddy pod Twitter account that just focuses on podcasting and releasing the episodes there and trying to connect with the podcasting community within month and a half, maybe eight weeks or so. The following went from zero to like 800, 600 wow. people. And a lot of them were the podcasters. They, they, uh, they see that you're a podcast. So they follow you and they come on and they retweet your content. They like your content. So content. And so they, their followers get exposure to, to your uh, information. And then that starts to snowball. Right. And so that's kind of how I happened upon you. And I'm sure that's kind of how you uh, happened upon me. So it happened organically. Right. You're not you're not trying to pay for advertising or anything like that. It's just the community knows how difficult it is to do some of these podcasts and uh, the opportunity that we have to provide uh, content that is completely under our control. It's not filtered by anybody. It's not. Uh, restricted by anybody. Uh, there's no format. There's some podcasts that are one minute long episodes, and there are some podcasts that are, you know, <laughs> hours and marathon sessions of podcasting. And so the format is 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 a bunch of variety. And so you know, you you kind of mentioned to me about you know is this is this oversaturating uh, the market with podcasts? And you know, I would say a bunch of podcasts that are out there are terrible. But you know what? <laughs> They're giving it a shot, right? Right. They're doing something. They're trying. They're trying something new. They're trying to express themselves. So yes, I'll give you a shout out. If you're a podcast, I'll, I know I'm in that position. I'm going to help you out. Right. Hello, everyone. This is David. Thank you for listening to my interview with Hector Solis of Typical Daddy Podcast. I also want to thank John Grant and the 405 Media for airing this show alongside the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. For those of you that enjoy the Safety Doc Show during its scheduled programming on the 405 Media, our time together will be ending in the next minute as we reach the limit of the one-hour time slot allocated for the show. However, don't worry. You can listen to the remainder of this 80-minute extended version episode by visiting the 405 Media's homepage at the405media.com. Then click on the Partners tab. From there... Find the Safety Doc Podcast and play show number 30, Fathers, Family, and Friends, interview with typical daddy, Hector Solis. This 80-minute full-length episode is also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Now, back to the final segment of my interview with Hector Solis. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the brother that needs the help, and you're going to give it to them. And he, he, 
they'll learn. They need to find their voice, just like we're still trying to find our voice. I'm sure since you start in October, you're trying to also get the feel for you know what the listeners want and and how to deliver that content in a way that makes it enjoyable for them and and in a way that they can ingest that content appropriately, right? And right. so um, doing that, uh, I think it's right now the podcasting is in its infancy, and the reason for that, and we've had this discussion before, is there's not a lot of tools for us to measure our stats and our audience. And it's all fragmented. You have, you know, places like the Podmosphere, you have like SoundCloud, you have Podbean. There's a lot of people that are trying to help the podcasting community. So they're giving it a shot. And so you're going to see some probably in the next few years, some of those are going to start, you know, falling off the map. And the ones that are the best content providers for the podcasters are the ones that are going to survive. And so I think... Um, you had also mentioned that the 25 episode mark is the make it or break it. I think you've mentioned that, that once you hit 25 episodes, you're, you're kind of hitting your stride and, uh, you're going to be able to do this for a while. And so, and I think that's correct. And part of the reason for that is, uh, after you have your initial content and you try to deliver the message and as you're listening to your podcast, like I listen to mine after I edit many times to make sure that I, I do it, too. It's right. Right. Because I, I care about the information that I'm providing to the people. And I think for me, it's very, very important that anybody that listens to our podcast, their time is very valuable to them. It's very valu valuable to me when I listen to a podcast. So I don't want to fluff them. I don't want to give them content. I want to be very respectful of the time that they're spending with us. So I'm going to put in the time to make sure that our podcast has the highest quality possible. And so... Uh, the family feel was I had listened to one of your episodes. It was a previous episode where I saw a topic and it had a psych psychology spin to it. And you briefly mentioned that you had reached out and uh, some other podcaster was going to help you after you reached X amount of uh, right X amount of episodes. Right. And yeah, I mean, he probably gets a lot of requests and that's understandable. But, you know, I'm like, wow, OK, you know, here's here's a guy that's having the same experiences that we were because. The first two episodes of this season that I took over, I had a hard time trying to get the gain right and, uh, you know, sounding like you're in a tin can right. and, <laughs> and all the different strategies and doing endless hours of research. And um, so I, I kind of put myself in that situation and I said, you know what, I'm going to sit back for a few weeks. I'm going to listen to his podcast and see if he eventually got help or not, which is yours, right? Excuse me. And so, you know, I said, okay, well, this episode, I'm going to, I'm going to contact uh, the safety doc and say, all right, I'm going to say here, if you need help, I'm here to help you contact me whenever you're ready. And so, uh, so then this is the family feel, right? So I felt like I could do that. There's an approachability with people that are doing podcasts. Uh, if you go to a, like a radio show medium, there, there seems to be a big gap in, in the connection with the host, right? Like you connect through them. Uh, with your listening and your time, but right. you don't feel like you can contact them, that they're not as approachable. Right. Um, now, social media is helping bridge that gap, but with podcasting, it's different. It just feels different. And I think for that reason, it's going to start to explode in the next few years. Once the technology community gets in line with helping podcasters um, get the stats that they need so that they can deliver the content to the appropriate audiences, I think you're going to see an explosion in podcasts. And I've actually started seeing with a couple that I follow when I first looked at the 
when I was listening to podcasts a year ago, a lot of the podcasts didn't have advertising in it. It was just right. people talking, right. getting their content. And, right. and now there are some podcasters that have left their full-time jobs because, oh my. because there's the Patreon. I don't know if you've heard of Patreon yet, but yes. it's a place where people can go and donate money to help you support your podcast. Well, some of these podcasters are getting three, 400 people at a time giving $5 a month. And so if you do the math, I mean, oh, right. that's more than your, your regular salary if you know, you're, you're making right. you know, uh, middle income. And so some, pe- some people have left their jobs, and now they're focused on delivering content 100%. So it's actually getting to the point where people can make a career out of this. Um, and it's not just you know, after hours doing the extra time like we're doing, right? So, um, so I think it's, it's the family feel. I don't know if it's going to go away as it starts to explode. Uh, it, it really depends on, on the podcaster's mentality of, you know, getting too big, letting it get to their heads kind of deal. But right. I think for the most part, I think people that go into podcasting appreciate the feedback. So I know I, I get real excited when people engage about an episode because, you know, it's encouraging to us, even if it's a, hey, heard your podcast, good job, or hey, right. That episode sucked. You know, <laughs> no, I want yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want something, right? So right. hey, you're listening. Okay. If you say it sucked, then why and how can I make it better? Right? Because I, I want to make the the listen I want to provide some value to the listeners. I did an episode about um the NSA and um the Patriot Act, and I had oh, a, a yes. guest on and on the YouTube, because I also post on, on YouTube plus then on iTunes. And I, I'm fortunate enough to have a regular time slot on the 405 Media out of Los Angeles, which just happened by luck. And there was another podcaster who contacted me and was interested in the 405 Media in, and um, was was offered then a, a pretty substantial fee to be on the show. So I'm like, I, I lucked out. You know, I got in. Um, I've been producing content. I do a blog for them and things like that. So in in return, I know I don't get charged anything to have that exposure. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been exciting for me. And actually I I was sharing with my wife in the last week, I was contacted by three different podcasters invited to be on their show and they're all larger than I am. You know, I'm I'm like 712 followers, which is, Twice yes. what I had two months ago, you know, but, um, and, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're bigger, they're more established in hundreds of episodes and they've contacted me and said, um, you know, would you be in, be on a show? And, and, uh, I said, yeah, I'd be, I'd be honored. So I'm scheduling those out. And, uh, and just to close, uh, I have a really, a really neat podcast coming up. Um, uh, close to me lives, um, he is only one of two licensed uh, commercial drone operators in our county. So he has this very, this is all he does. Like he has this expensive drone and get this, like he goes, one of his contracts is he goes to a gravel pit and he flies over it in the morning and mm-hmm. the drone then can identify how much gravel there is. And then at night he flies over it again and he can identify how much gravel has been removed. So they don't weigh the trucks or anything. Like this drone wow. calculates this and it has all this 3D stuff on it. And, 
and uh, and he inspects like wind t- the the wind turbines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, he was amazing. I, I just kind of threw this idea past him. I said, I, you know, it's I I'd, I'd like to talk about the rules um, mm-hmm. because if I if I went out and I bought a drone for kind of just commercial interest, I probably would fly it straight up in the power lines. That'd be it. Or else, you know, if I got a better one, fly it off into the sun, you know, just like a NASA experiment. We're going to touch the sun. Right. That turns out, but, um, and, and, but he, he's, he was so excited to like be, and I'm, I'm like, okay, let me preface this. Like I have a small following. Right. (laughs) And, and, you know, I, I love, I, I want to do this and, and, and this, and he was so passionate. He wrote like two pages. He came up with questions. He's like, we can actually have the drone hover and film us. And then That's you can f- have your, your, your camera on a tripod and, and, and also, so it can be filming while we're doing this interview. So it can break away and show. And he's like this, and, and he's just going through and not, but the thing is, um, He's just starting to use it for search and rescue, and oh, wow. we we had we had a significant um, exp- last last night um, a major industrial explosion um, not too far from where I where I live. I mean, in the community mm-hmm. over thirty seven fire departments responded. I was wow. out running and uh, and um, I was close to the hospital when I was running, and all of the ambulances left at once. And Yikes. all of a sudden, the the all of the red lights came on the helio pad, and I was a firefighter. Plus, I'm, I work for the sheriff's department as a debriefer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in a volunteer role, but and uh, and I knew what that meant. You know, something significant happened. Either you know, we we have an interstate close by, and then I had learned about um, the f- fatalities, and, and, and this thing was just leveled. I mean, it was yeah. just this um, this explosion, and. Uh, uh, you know, just um, I, I I don't know. Actually, I, I kind of lost my train of train of thought with that. But but he comes in in, in things like that. Then because they cannot approach right now, they still have a perimeter. They can't bring in the equipment closer because there's still ethanol tanks and so forth. But he the can bring his drone. They can contract with him, and yeah. he can do his flyovers and get his. He actually has like the thermal on it, so he can indicate mm-hmm. you know where the patches might be. Um, wow. And, and, but he is, he was so excited and I'm excited and he's coming up then with all these ideas. We can shoot this. And why don't you hide something, you know, like two, three blocks away. And then, um, I'll go and I'll look for it just as if it was a missing four year old with autism. Wow. We can do that. And so, yeah, I'm like, and these are things that actually happen. And, and so if I'm a parent watching that episode, if I'm listening to the episode or whatever, and, um, you know, I have a child with a special need or we have a relative or I know somebody or even like one of my kids' classmates. I'm like, wow, this technology exists. And there's people out there like Preston who will, at the drop of a hat, if he gets the call, will go out there and work all night if he has to. And I'm just like, you're a, you're a great guy for yeah. It's amazing for doing this. And because I've had this podcast, it's brought me in connection with you. And you also live a few blocks away. So like you're going to be, you know, cool dad to hang out with too. Yes. Also. Yes. Um, so yeah, you know, just kind of stuff like that, Hector. I mean, it's been really, 
It's been cool. So I, someone once asked me, they asked two questions and, and, and then, you know, we can wrap up the show. And the first mm-hmm. was, um, now that your show is going, like what, what's you're the, what are you going to do? I mean, it's a one man show. <laughs> right. And if you go on vacation or like, do you, do you have a sunset plan for it? And I said, well, not really. I mean, at some point, something will have to transition out, but I said, I'm not, I, and the, and the second part they said is, um, how, how does the show make you feel? And I said, without hesitation, energized. I'm yes. like, I, I put together the, the narrative for it. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm getting good content or content that's, that is relating to some people and I have enough variety and maybe mm-hmm. some episodes people listen to and say, nah, that wasn't really for me, but there's other episodes where it's like, yeah, that, that was. Yes. And, um, I love going in and doing the the edits and putting in, you know, um, some of the, uh, the overlays in YouTube and then also doing the blog post, which would be more concise and linking out the, the previous podcast I did, um, young, young lady who's been an international travel traveler went to Haiti like 12 times and she's in her twenties. Mm-hmm. And she said, make sure people know about travel.state.gov. So I had that redundant. And then I went on and I'm like, I didn't know this existed, but if you go somewhere overseas that will tell you, here's where the embassy is. Here's how to, to notify the embassy when you'll be there. Here's like vaccinations. Here's some political things. Here's some other things to know. Um, so I'm like, wow, that was, so I shared that out. And then I had feedback from people of saying, Hey, that thanks for, you know, thanks for bringing that in because, you know, thinking of safe traveling, I, I didn't even know that that existed. I'm like, yeah, I had no idea either. So, um, (laughs) right. Yeah. We learn a lot as we're doing research for these topics that we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's been great. So, um, well, Hector, guess what? It's time for dad time. Um, I very much again, um, appreciate the time and it, and I want to just preface, this wasn't 30 minutes that Hector spent with me. This was like three hours that Hector spent with me, working back and forth on helping me calibrate my audio, um, introducing me to programs, putting together a tutorial on, on how to use some of these different programs, um, and then listening to some of the shows, giving feedback, um, you know, which, which was so, uh, invaluable to me. And then just typical daddy, um, the, the typical, uh, daddy podcast and typical daddy.com. And I'll link that out of, the the benefit that you're providing to dads and again just by listening all of those things as you mentioned those that that you connect with other dads and and things when i listen that i connect to and i'm like i was just so validated that someone else felt that way and i yes i i think that's just so cool so hector just thanks to you thanks to the other dads and thanks for making time tonight I appreciate Absolutely. it very much. Absolutely. And no problem anytime. And I just want to say a few closing things, if you're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody watching this, any dads out there or moms for that matter, engage with us. Just tell us, hey, that story was similar to mine or this is how my story was different. And let's have a discussion. The, the whole point of doing the podcast is not just to hear ourselves talk, but to engage the father community, to ga- engage the parenting community. Let's do this together. Let's help each other crowdsource the information that we need to be in this new world of social media and try to stay on top of things. The way 
that we get this done and to be the best parents that we can be is to learn from each other's experiences. And we do that through engagement. And thank you for the time and for bringing me on to your show, David. Yeah. It, it, Hector, in close, is there a, is there um, a discussion thread that goes along with, uh, with typical daddy and, and where would people find that? Yeah. That, thank you for asking. Yeah. So we have a couple of places. So you can go to our Facebook page. Um, it's the facebook.com forward slash typical daddy. And you can go to the page and we're actively checking that. So you can engage us there. Um, I'm managing, managing the typical daddy pod Twitter account. So you can engage us there. And I do respond regularly there. Uh, we also have another uh, Ed who's on the typical daddy podcast. He's managing the typical daddy Twitter, but you can also go to typicaldaddy.com. We have the podcast there. Um, and then you can comment directly on the blog post with the audio there. So you can do it that way as well. So there's many ways you can do it, whatever you're most comfortable with. And you can always send us an email at comments at typicaldaddy.com. If you want it to be more private, um, we will use some of that information if you choose on the show. And if we can build discussions and follow-ups to episodes that are important to people, we can have a discussion around the episode that we had as well. So it just people engage. If they can engage, then we will follow up definitely. Wow. Well, kudos to you and and to the rest of the typical uh, daddy team for putting together those different input systems so people can can uh, reach out, make those expressions, and then also ask those questions. And, and uh, again, um, thank you so much for helping me to take my show to a more professional level. Um, and, and just for this opportunity to, to, to connect with you and, and with typical, uh, daddy podcast every week when I'm, when I'm commuting, you know, I, I'm, I'm listening to the show and I'm listening and then I'm listening again. And, and I'll usually listen about three times to a show, mm-hmm. um, to make sure the first is kind of reconnaissance listening. The second, I'm getting a little bit deeper and the third time I'm, 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 I'm really analyzing and loving it. Um, so mm-hmm. the work you're doing is very valuable. Uh, and again, thank you for for making the time to be on the Safety Doc podcast. You're very welcome. 